Have you reached midlife or beyond and find yourself aching for a more fulfilled life? Do you long for something bigger to light you up or set you free? Then this is the place for you. I'm inviting you to join me in some insightful conversations with extraordinary humans, all striving to live our best life in the second half of life. I also share some of my personal discoveries in creativity and growth. I'm Patty Diener, an author, an entrepreneur, and a seeker of the best life possible in our beautiful second act. So let's get started. Hey guys, this is Patty. Welcome back to Beautiful Second Act Podcast. I'm really glad you're here today. So before we jump into today's solo episode with little old me, uh, that's entitled, Is This Really All There Is? Um, I would like to first thank our sponsor today, which is Dina Ranch Event Center. And Dina Ranch is, as you might guess, it's my family. So Dina Ranch Event Center is a stunning venue for weddings, anniversaries, retirement parties, or milestone birthdays. And it's a stunning venue uh, with opportunity to enjoy an unforgettable day in the rustic setting of the heart of Lake County, California's wine country. It's a family-run ranch since 1885, and this property is steeped in history, y'all. It provides a welcoming ambiance for any celebration. So uh, the ranch is a seasonal event center, and it's open from May through the end of October. And um, you'll walk across a picturesque bridge um, out there, there's some whimsical willow trees. Your guests are treated to views of rolling hills and a stunning vineyard. Uh, the property's pole barn is a covered outdoor reception area with ambient lights and can accommodate a night of dining and dancing to your heart's content. The pond is a perfect place for pictures and quiet moments, and the old oak trees are backlit at night for a perfect evening. So consider Dina Ranch Event Center for your next uh, family gathering, business party, or wedding. And all of the links are in the show notes. That's Diener, spelled D-I-E-N-E-R, ranch.com. And again, you'll find all that, all the good ways to find us in the show notes. Okay, guys. So let's jump into today's episode of Is This Really All There Is? The reason I titled this episode that kind of goes back to um, how I felt the first time in my early 30s when I had like this major meltdown and um, I was pretty, pretty depressed. Um, and I was really struggling within myself to try and figure out just what it is that life was going to offer me or what kind of life I was going to have. And um, then, you know, I straightened my stuff out after a lot of searching and soul searching and, and um, came to terms with making myself happy because your happiness is not anybody else's responsibility. But come, you know, up to around, oh, I think I was about 48 or 49, I was starting to have second thoughts about the direction my life was going. And then uh, in 2020, when everything came to a screeching halt with COVID, it really made me have a lot of reflection on, okay, you guys, what are we really doing with our lives? Uh, remember that people were doing all that hashtag, uh, the great resignation. And I think that um, COVID really made a lot of people stop and reflect on their lives and take inventory. But I think for people in midlife specifically um, and beyond that, we really were like, okay, this is our opportunity. This is time for me to really figure out, is this what I want to be doing, whatever the, this was for you, uh, for the rest of my life. And um, it's just, for me, I know if I, if I reflect on my whole journey of my self-discovery journey and the meaning of life for me, 
Um, I have to go back to when I was in my early 30s when it first hit me. So little backstory about that. If you are new to the podcast and you've not heard a lot about, you know, my story, this will be good for you to just kind of get on board about who I am a little bit. But um, for those of you who've heard a little bit about this to begin with from previous episodes, I'm hoping that this might paint a little bit brighter picture for you. I'm going to tell you a story about what happened to me in a conversation I had with my father when I was probably about 33. I was 33 or 34. And I had, um, let's see, I had two young daughters and um, I was, you know, I basically had the American dream. You know, I had, I had the great job. I had the, um, the house, the kids, the car, the husband, the, the everything that everybody says that they want for the perfect American family, right? But for some reason, I was completely empty inside. I did not know what the hell was wrong with me. And because I had everything that everybody always talks about wanting in life and in like, on the outside, everything looked so perfect, I had tremendous guilt. I mean, crippling guilt to the point that I was, I felt so much shame that I didn't even like being in my own skin because what the hell could possibly be wrong with me that um, I was unsatisfied with my life when I had literally everything I ever thought I dreamed of having. So I kept asking myself, is this really all that there is? Is this really all that there is? And I asked that question of my father, one teary-eyed girl going to her daddy's, you know, crying in the evening, you know, I was supposed to be going home. And instead of going home, I went to my dad's and I sat on his couch and I just cried and cried. And lo and behold, he let me know that one, I wasn't alone because everybody goes through this. And two, he was like, you know, this is why most people in their early to mid thirties, depending on when you get married, that's why a lot of people end up getting divorced. And, you know, coming from my dad who had already been divorced three times at that point, and he was <laughs> on his fourth marriage. And he was like, look, here's the thing. People become unsatisfied when there's nothing left to want or nothing left to hope for. And nothing, it's like you've, you've, you've satisfied all those yearnings or those needs and you've, you've done all the things that you say you set out to do. And then what is there left? What's left, right? I mean, that's why people end up, instead of working on their marriage or instead of working on themselves, they end up just searching for something outside of themselves and they just go and get a divorce and they start all over again because it's that something new. It's that beginning of something. The beginning of something is always the most exciting. It's a little scary. It's a little dangerous. It's a little uncertain. And you don't know what lies around the corner. That's what makes it so exciting because of the unknown, right? But yet, but yet, all of us say that we want to have the known, that we feel comfortable. We become complacent. We just want the satisfaction of knowing what comes next. But that's all a lie because you get bored. You get bored with life. And so when you say to yourself, is this really all there is? What we're truly saying, at least in my opinion and in my experience, is what is next? What else is there? And the answer is everything. There is everything left to do. Um, but it can't come from something on the outside. It cannot come from something outside of yourself. It has to come from within. So my pastor at the time um, 
she was remarkable. Um, I, I talked to her, and you guys might have heard the story, but you know, so if you've heard this before, uh, forgive me for repeating myself. But if it's new to you, hopefully this will give you some insight. I did the same thing. You know, I, I went to all the the highest sources that I knew to give me answers. Um, you know, other than just you know speaking to God directly. Um, but I needed to have some sort of. Uh, I wanted the answers, right? You know, so I talked to my dad. I talked to my pastor. And I said the same things to her about, you know, what I was feeling, what I was going through. And it was like, there was really nobody to blame. It was just, I was, what this feeling was. And it was this horrible feeling because the guilt came from the fact that I did love all these people. I loved my husband. I loved my children. Um, I loved my community. I just felt so unsatisfied and so lost. I was so desperately lost and empty. And she said to me, you know, Patty, there are parts of you that you have not yet discovered. Maybe, and I'm suspecting, there are parts of you that you're hiding from your family and your friends and possibly even from yourself because you feel that they are um, inappropriate or you feel that they will not be looked upon highly or you're afraid that people will misunderstand you. And the bottom line is, is if you're not being honest with yourself, how do you expect anybody else to be honest? How do you expect anybody else to accept you? So you have to learn to be honest with yourself and tell yourself what it is that you think your needs are that are not being met. What is it that you are lacking in your life? And then it's up to you to fix it because it is not your husband's or your family's or your friend's responsibility to make you happy. So what you need to do is you need to open that closet that's been locked away with all those parts of yourself that have been shunned by you or hidden by you because of your fear of letting those parts of yourself out. You need to slowly bring them out one at a time and you need to tell those parts of yourselves that you love them and that they're accepted and that you can bring them into the world. When you do that, it's going to shock some people. It's going to make some people feel disoriented because they're not used to that part of you. It might even shock the hell out of you. And yes, my pastor did swear. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I loved her so very much because she was the most real down-to-earth person. And um, so she would say things like this to me that, you know, I, it was up to me to do this. So, of course, I had to, I was kind of dumbstruck and when she said all these things to me and I was kind of quiet and sat there and I had to take it all in. So I took that information she gave to me home that night and I started asking those big questions. What is it that, what parts of myself was I hiding? What parts of myself were I not bringing to the table because of fear or, um, you know, being ashamed of whatever parts of myself they were? And quite honestly, it was for want. It was for want. There were things that I wanted that I felt were inappropriate to want for someone that's already asked for so much and gotten it all. So that's shame. And I really worked on this for about a decade. Um, I ended up opening a beautiful business. Um, I had a lot of people working with me. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I had a day spa. And then when it got to be too much for me to juggle that and my family, um, I ended up closing that. And um, I started doing other jobs, um, just working within my community. But all the while, I was asking myself, is this really all there is? So I was on this road from that point in time to self-discovery and wondering what the hell is it that I really want with, out of my life? And it's going to change. It's always going to change, you guys, because who you were 
at a certain point in time in your life, what you needed, your, your, your needs and your desires were good for that time. But then as they change, they will no longer serve you and it's okay to pivot. We're constantly having to pivot in this life because once you know something, you know it. And then you can't unknow it, by the way. <laughs> There's no going back. Once you know something, you know it and you have to be able to move on. And if we're not always learning we're going to feel stagnant and we're going to get stuck in that, is this really all there is mode again? So once I started pulling myself out of that abyss of just despair and, and darkness, I promised myself I would never go back there again. Um, but then came my late 40s and I was starting to feel unfulfilled in my job again. Now here's a little backstory about me that you need to know. I had never, until my job working in the school district that I got, I think I was... Um, I guess I was like 41 when I took that job. I'm 54 now. But I, here's what the thing is, I, when I started realizing that I was starting to have that feeling, it was the longest job I had ever held without making a change because I am a person who becomes unsatisfied once I know everything there is to know about something. I end up hitting a wall and then I go back to that whole, there's got to be more and then I move on. Well, in this job that I was in in my late 40s, I had already been there way longer than anywhere else I'd worked. And I thought, okay, maybe it's because I'm feeling like I'm getting that itch to do something new, but I can't be irresponsible. Here I was going down that road again of stifling myself because of guilt or shame. I can't change jobs because I have the opportunity this time to have a pension. You know, I have great benefits and it wouldn't be irresponsible of me to retire early. Well, then COVID hits. COVID hits and then it's like, okay, is this really all there is? That was the time when I, I really had to sit and ask myself that question again. But instead of going down the road to despair, I knew it was time to pivot. I just didn't know how to do it. I knew I did not want to feel the guilt and the shame and it started to creep up on me. And I will admit I struggled with it a little bit. But I think that in my opportune time of doing uh, soul searching during COVID when I was, you know, forced to stay at home like all of us were. I did a deep dive, you guys, in all of the people that I found to be the ones that knew, okay? You know, it's like when you don't know, you go towards those who do know, right? People that are successful in whatever it is they're searching for. And for me, it were spiritual, spiritually based people, people with that had guidance that started from a spiritual background, whether it be um, they'd already been through something tragic and they learned from it, or maybe they were just born into a family that, um, you know, had these great teachers. Um, so I'm going to give you like a, a tiny list. I, I mean, it's, I have a laundry list of tons of people, but some of the people that really stand out in my mind are Cheryl Strayed, Brene Brown, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Don Miguel Ruiz, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Gabrielle Bernstein, um, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And, uh, Deepak Chopra, um, these people, they had all something that I could learn from, something that they were teaching that were changing the world, really. And I wanted a part of that. I wanted to be a part of that change. I wanted to be a part of that feeling that these people had of peace, ease, joy, um, bliss, and, and I, I wanted to get back to where I felt good in my skin and good that I was going towards my life's path. 
And a lot of people say, I just don't know what my life's path is. And that's why they get stuck. And then it's like, is this really all there is? And when you're in that mode of, is this really all there is? It can be so paralyzing and you can feel very lonely. So my advice at this point is to tell yourself, one, it's okay to feel that way because that's the beginning of finding out when you're asking yourself these very important questions. Who am I? Where am I going? What do I want? What do I need? What can I do to serve? Um, I just I just really felt good knowing that I wasn't alone in asking these questions. And so by reading everything I could possibly get my hands on, listening to podcasts, um, watching YouTube videos, buying books from people that um, have recommended other people, and I learned about new people. It's like it just it, it became like my my journey became one of finding out as much as I possibly could. And then I started to get nuggets of what I'm supposed to do next. I had no idea what I was going to do next, except for that I was tired of working at the school district. I no longer felt in alignment with what the message was that public education was sending out to the world. I felt like there was something greater for me, something different, something new that I had to learn. And then I had to either lead or teach or show um, and it's not so much about look at me, and I've said this many, many times, it's more of come with me. Because I think that as we get older, if we are not continuing to learn, if we're not using the muscles of our brain to learn something new all the time, it truly is a use it or lose it. And that's how we grow. That's how we um, transcend from just being in this, uh, this stagnant place in life into a higher level of consciousness and it makes you feel good to be on a higher vibration in knowing that there is more and there's always more just like the universe is constantly expanding so is your mind so is your ability and you have to keep learning to me that is the only way that we are ever going to make our lives better make our world better um, it's just by constantly asking the important questions and seeking the answers without judgment, without aggravation, but truly finding joy. And really, it just, it's just, I know that this sounds very cliche, but the most important feeling that we can have in this world is gratitude. When you are grateful for the everyday little things that just builds on love. There's really only fear in love because everything either comes from fear or it comes from love. And when you're in gratitude, when you have enthusiasm for life, that's when love actually builds and that's when you're going to feel good in your skin. So if you want to get out of this mode of, is this really all there is? Know that there's always everything more. There's everything more. It is always expanding. I want to share a few things with you, things that I found extremely fascinating and interesting and something to ponder. Do you remember Sidney Poitier? So um, this is a little snippet from a conversation that he had with uh, Oprah Winfrey in an interview. And Sidney Poitier said, I am most proud of being accepted as a useful human being. 
useful to my children, to my parents who are no longer here, to my friends, to my environment. I'm not the human being that I would one day hope to be, but I have come a long way. I really have come a very long way. And I'm proud of that because I am indeed a better person than I once ever was. We are imperfect creatures. We are. That's what it is. But we should try reaching for a better you, for a better me. There is pain and there is difficulty and there is fear in all the kinds of things that we live with. But it is through them that we have to reach. We have to reach out, not just to each other, but to the universe. Oh my gosh, you guys, isn't that just so profound? And it, it's just beautiful. Um, one other thing I wanted to share with you guys is an interview that she did with Goldie Hawn. And this to me, I just absolutely love Goldie Hawn anyways. But after reading this, it's like, yes, she is so, she's so smart. And like I say, you have to constantly be learning and allow your mind to expand and not be stuck in your ways and stuck in your own viewpoints. And I love what Goldie Hawn has to say. She says, it's a great thing to be recognized for something that you've done, but it's a moment in time. You can't live off those accolades and make them the sum total of your importance in life or your purpose in life. You can't let them define who you are. Those awards, they're wonderful, but they're never going to define you. I define myself by my ability to give. I define myself by my ability to understand. I define myself by my ethics and by my truth. These are the things that inform who I am, other than exterior moments that ebb and flow. So you have to constantly be searching for more, but don't let whatever it is today make you feel empty because you have come a long way. You are better than who you used to be. You are always a work in progress. And by just saying to yourself, I would like to be tomorrow better than I am today, know that that is enough. That is enough. And we only know what we know until we know more. And when we know more, we do better. But until then, when you ask yourself that question, is this really all that there is? Try practicing gratitude. Try being grateful for the moment. And if you need to pivot, go ahead and make that next first small step towards that which lights you up, towards that which makes you feel on fire and, and, and tingly inside, that which gives you enthusiasm. Because we have this life, it's a gift, and we're here to live it fully. Well, thanks, you guys, for listening to today's episode. If you made it to all the way to the end, that means that this content must mean something to you. <laughs> so I'm grateful that you stayed to the end. If you do like what you're getting out of this show, please do me a favor and share it out with your friends on, on social media, um, tell a friend in a coffee house, whatever. Just uh, let people know about Beautiful Second Act Podcast. Um, another thing, if you want to go a step further, is please go ahead and maybe leave a review or a rating on wherever it is that you get your shows. Generally speaking, on Apple, you can subscribe or follow me on Spotify, and um, it really helps the show to grow and to help other people find it easier. So let's share out together all the ways that we're striving to live our best life and the second half of life here at Beautiful Second Act. And if you haven't joined Beautiful Second Act Facebook group, go ahead and hop on over there and do that today. Beautiful Second Act Facebook group is how I started this whole thing. Um, it's got lives on Sunday morning coffee live. We dive deep and have great conversations. We have Friday night wine live. And it's just a wonderful community of people striving to live our best life and the second half of life. 
Also follow me on Instagram and all of the links will be in today's show notes. Thanks again, you guys. I'll be talking to you again next Tuesday and every Tuesday here at Beautiful Second Act. And thanks again. Cheers. Cheers.